In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, hello and welcome in to the Retirement Pathfinder. Glad to have you on the show today. We're going to be diving into the mailbag. i got plenty of questions that have come in from people and we always appreciate your feedback. So that will be the goal today. And we'll do that as always with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, Retirement Income Planning Specialists over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. And Super Bowl just happened recently behind us. And I know my attention when football ends, I always pay attention to basketball, but I'm looking more ahead to the spring and that warm weather coming back. Yes, yes, that's for sure. You know, um, I have to tell you that since you're telling jokes these days, Ben, <laughs> that um, I have a joke for you. So that okay. is, it's actually a statement. It's a quote of the month. My retirement plan is to get thrown into a minimum security prison in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. All right. So let's see. I got it. There's, an, there's one more. Retirement is when you switch bosses from the one who hired you to the one who married you. <laughs> that's another good one. <laughs> All right. That's it for the day. I know I'm done. Oh, so anyway, spring. Yes, I'm glad for spring. And um, it seems like we have in the Midwest longer winters and, and it could just be me, but maybe because the clock is turned back too, but I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to the spring. My two-year-old granddaughter and I are, are pretty active on, on uh, the days that I have her. And I tell you, she's a little trooper. She's just my little energy source too. She, she's ready to go outside and in single digit weather, she's okay with going outside. <laughs> hmm. So I'm looking forward to spending more time with her doing things outdoors in the spring. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. My, my daughter, we don't get a whole lot of snow where I am. So she uh, took her some adjusting when we had a little bit of snow on the ground a few weeks ago and she just, she was good for about uh, maybe five or 10 minutes. And then she was like, I'm ready to go back inside. It's too cold. <laughs> yeah, not used to it. So she's not, she's not toughened up like, uh, like your granddaughter is quite yet, but who knows? Yeah, maybe not that there. You're not going to see much of it. Yeah, no, not 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 too much. Well, we're uh, we're we're looking forward to the rest of this year and uh, and the longer days ahead of us, and and uh, hopefully, you know, more travel, more opening up of everything. So hopefully, a, a big year ahead of us. So, but we always ha try to invite your questions to the show because we don't know what's on your mind, and we'd love to hear from you. So, again, if you ever have questions for Barbara and Phil, you can send them in to us. But also, you can schedule a chat with them right now, just visit pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a 15 minute meeting and uh, start going through some of the things on your mind. But we always encourage questions and we try to bring them to the show and every now and then we'll do a mailbag show. And that's what we have today for you. So I uh, got a, a handful of questions I want to get into and, and let's lead things off with Tim today, who says, I'm a dentist and I'm thinking about retiring in the next five years, maybe less. I own my own building. So would I be better off to sell the building and invest the cash or try to sell my practice to someone else and then rent the building? To them. Asking this question is uh, like talking to the guy that's been married to three wives and is working on his fourth right now. It, it's it's complicated. Do you have questions? It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to give Dr. Tim a, a solid qualified answer, we'd have to get pretty nosy, Barb, and, and ask right. a whole bunch of questions. For instance, you know, how old is Tim? You know, is he getting close to retirement age uh, or does he have a 401k or an IRA plan? And if so, how much does he have in it? Mm -hmm. Um Will he be eligible for Social Security in the next five years? You know, what's so magical about the five-year goal anyhow? Um, how about this? Is he married? And if so, does his spouse have, uh, have a 401k or retirement plan? And uh, what are Tim's financial obligations presently? 
as well as his cash flow? Uh, these are just a few questions mm-hmm. that we need to get into. But let's say we're just shooting from the hip at this point. We've worked with uh, professionals like Dr. Tim before. And so without a solid picture of his current future financial situation, you know, we can give some general guidelines on maybe what Tim could do. But absent a personal sit down, it would be hard to give him some really solid answers. And I'd be cautious, uh, you know, for him to make a decision based on my response here on this podcast. But uh, in retirement, uh, Dr. Tim, you have to realize that cash is king. In other words, we want to maximize our cash flow in order to maintain that standard of living you enjoyed while you're in your working years, depending on, on the rent environment. Let's talk about the, the rental unit first or your, your building. So depending on the rental environment uh, where Tim lives, his return on investment must be taken into consideration as to whether he sells or invests the real estate you know, or invests the proceeds from the sale of the real estate uh, or rents it. Assuming that you know his return on investment is high, we may need to need to next find out uh, the value of his dental practice. Uh, and there's a company out there that specializes in selling uh, dental practices, marrying up buyers with sellers. And so he may want to get with a, a consulting firm that does that type of work. But in a perfect world where cash is king, uh, it would make sense to sell the practice and retain the building with a long-term escalating lease. In other words, the rents can go up all the time. The rents increase uh, to match what they call the CPA, Consumer Price Index. And he also might want to add something into the purchase agreement to sweeten the pot. Uh, if, the, if the buyer wishes to uh, buy the building, he can have first refusal to purchase it uh, rather than somebody else. Again, all these opinions and recommendations will be based upon the, the numbers. And so I would suggest, Dr. Tim, give our office a call at 815-399-9806. So we can begin working on a tentative retirement scenario that includes these suggestions plus other options that would really be based on on factual information that we don't have available to us. Yeah, I would say that's very good response. I say very good, Phil, because uh, you and I said about the same thing. (laughs) You know, that's a great big question. You know, two questions are great. There's a lot of stuff in that, but um, real estate is all about, say it, Phil, Location, location, location. Yes, right. So, yep. so keeping it or selling it would depend on the area. But if you're in a good thriving area where prices are increasing on property or there's shortages of property, then you may want to keep it and rent it. And this is assuming now, too, that Tim does have a retirement account. So there are some assumptions here. It sounds like either rate you'd be selling your practice um, since you're retiring. So it's a matter of the location of your building. Renting can be a good cash cow when you retire, provided you're still ahead after expenses for the maintenance of the building. Um, but also be aware of maintenance issues with renters. And lastly, lastly, you know, are, are you ready to be a landlord? You're, mm. you know, you're you're just getting out of that, Phil. And I'm I sure, am. I'm yeah, sure so fact, happy I'm, to that. Uh, yeah, I'm selling a unit I had for 20 years. I'm glad to do it. Yeah. So, it a uh, lot of questions. So, so feel free to give us a call, Tim. Yeah. Thank you for that question, Tim. All right. How about this one from Vicky? It's very likely that my husband and I will be getting a divorce within the next year or two. I'm already retired Mm. and he'll be retiring in the next couple of years. How is this going to affect my retirement picture if we end up splitting our assets? Well, Vicki, it sounds like this isn't something that's going to be happening right now, which is kind of unusual. People get divorced. It's like, okay, we're we're making way for this and we'll be done in, you know, six months or whatever. So um, since it's out there a ways, hopefully you can reconcile. And um, but if not, then I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. But a very good question on how to split assets. First of all, can you and your husband come to an agreement on splitting assets? That would be the ideal situation. Have you spoke with a good divorce attorney yet? 
depending on the assets and home values, it may be split down the middle. It could be you end up with a home. He keeps retirement assets. It could be many different scenarios. All assets, meaning your home, if there's any other real property, bank accounts, investments, you know, uh, such as you know, retirement accounts, all of those are looked at during a divorce. And much will depend on the needs of the couple. Are there any underage kids? Assuming not since you're retiring, and you make sure you work with an attorney who has your best interest. I've seen where couples can agree on splitting the assets and a divorce is pretty simple. Even if that's the case with you, I would seek out an attorney just to make sure that there isn't something you're missing. For example, the Social Security. You are allowed to collect Social Security benefits from your former spouse's record, and it doesn't have anything to do with what he collects. So that's if you're unmarried, currently unmarried, at least 62 years old, and you were married for at least 10 years. But just because you're allowed to collect doesn't mean you will. The rules have changed for Social Security quite a bit. And uh, now when someone files for benefits, Social Security looks at all available benefits for the filer, and you get the highest benefits. It may be an ex-spousal, but it may be yours. Don't overlook a possible benefit from him. There's lots of questions when it comes to a divorce. Seek out legal advice and don't hurry into finalizing until you feel good about the outcome. Barb, you know, one of the, uh, one of the things we have found out is that the single biggest destroyer of wealth in America today is the divorce. Divorce, I would think. Yeah, sure. yeah. Besides the cost, you know, there's also the splitting of the, uh, the wealth and then uh, people have to uh, realize that there's a tremendous cost to this. Uh, they, they have to stay in the workforce later, uh, cut their standard of living. I mean, there's just uh, so much downside to divorce. We, we don't encourage it. Um, we want to see if people can work it out and, right. uh, and try to preserve what they've done throughout their lifetime. And uh, it's sad when, when it happens, but um, think twice about it. Well, we've actually talked to people too, Phil, um, that uh, that's the reason they're staying together. I mean, unfortunately, yes. that's, yeah. you know, just because of uh, the loss of assets, that is uh, why they aren't getting divorced. Well, that's that's right. But you would hope that they would work on themselves sure. at the same time to try to work it out and, and make it uh, not just tolerable, but something that's that's meaningful to them as well. Agreed. Thank you for that question, Vicki. Best of luck to you. Um, if you want more, again, pathfinderchat.com is where you can start that process with both Barbara and Phil. All right, Gideon's next up says, as a pastor, I have the opportunity to opt out of paying into Social Security if I want to. Is this something I should do? Pastor Gideon, good to see and talk to you again. No, we didn't talk to Pastor Gideon this time, (laughs) but we, we've, Pastor Gideon is asking the right question. Uh, He's asking the question of the right people, I want to say, as we've had a lot of experience in talking to the clergy over the years. We love our, our ministers, our pastors. You know, it's a it's a thankless job, uh, long hours, low pay, and uh, we want to try to give them as much advantage, you know, uh, as as we can because because of the situation. It's it's a labor of love, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But the guidelines for clergy to opt out of Social Security are very rigid. They can do it, but there's a lot of provisions uh, in getting there. Uh, first of all, they must have to uh, must justify from religious standpoint. For non-participation, they have to say, hey, uh, we don't necessarily believe in, uh, we think it's morally uh, wrong to take government insurance or the disability programs that are being set up. Um, They have to do that by the end of their second year of ministry. And then they have to realize a few things that that are going to happen. First of all, when they hit retirement, they're not going to get any Social Security, but they also will not get any Medicare. 
Right. Yeah, you betcha, because that Medicare Part A is taking oh, out your, uh, is, Social Security. It is huge. They mm-hmm. have to fund their own medical retirement at that point. Mm-hmm. And now if they decide they want to opt back into the program, then they are responsible for making up some of the, the previous catch-up provisions for, for, the, uh, for the system. And that could be financially devastating to them as well. Mm-hmm. So even though most clergy who I knew opted out of it for you know what we call those religious reasons, I think you know deep inside they're really believing that there are more practical reasons. Uh, low compensation is one; they just need all the money they can to live on. Uh, or here's another one: they desire to uh, to self-direct their investments and in their medical plans. Unfortunately, some have that we know have opted out, never contributed anything to that private retirement plan. So at age 65. They could not afford to retire or had, a, had to find some other source of income, such as a part-time job or some unrelated line of work. They also had to fund their own medical at age 65. And um, how devastating this was for one minister that we knew that opted out of the plan earlier in his career, but he saved no money. He didn't put anything aside and he died just prior to retirement. Now, when he did that, Barb, listen to this. His widow was left with no savings, was left with no retirement plan was left with no medical plan and no income. Talk about destitute. Oh, it's terrible, terrible. Mm. You know, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 5, 8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm, That's scary. And and we would would caution, we would caution ministries that they have to be very disciplined if they want to do this. So my advice to Pastor Gideon is based upon um, the negative consequences that I've, I've just stated because we witnessed people uh, that were financially irresponsible. They opted out, they didn't contribute, and so they had nothing to look forward to. By the way, one of the other things I did is I I researched this topic uh, on Dave Ramsey's website, and I was surprised to hear his answer. He said that if he were a minister today, he would opt out of Social Security, now get this, in a nanosecond. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. You know, judging from all the downside of opting out, and I would think that he would be opposed to doing that. But, but here's, here's what he's, his reasoning was. It, it appears that, that there might be a little bit of a conflict of interest going on here in this area because what he was doing was referring those ministers to affiliated companies that do investment management. Oh, isn't hmm. that interesting? Um, did he disclose that? <laughs> he did. He did. Dis- he disclosed it. I see that as a conflict of interest. He didn't mm-hmm. call it a conflict of interest, but it's it, interesting. It, it definitely is. And so, I would say, folks, if if you are a minister and you're thinking about, you know, you're new into the ministry and wow, this is a great advantage because gosh, look how irresponsible they're handling our social security system. Uh, in fact, I was told when I first started out that probably wouldn't be any social security system left by the time I retired. Well, there is, mm-hmm. you know, it's being funded, but you know, the, the uh, proceeds that are being paid out to the beneficiaries of, of uh, social security today are not funded by our, our money that we put in years ago, Barb. By the new ones, it's 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 being funded <laughs> by the people that are in the uh, in their practices today. I always tell people that, you know, I'm going to be guaranteed to receive my retirement because my practice is is being uh, funded by two orthopedic surgeons. <laughs> so I don't have any worries. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you though. With uh, when it comes to paying into Social Security, it's going to look quite a bit different pe- for people in the 30s, 40s, and 50s these days. And although the system is having its issues with funding, and changes will be made. You know, it's just a matter of time to allow for less contributors these mm-hmm. days than beneficiaries. I would think most pastors, just like you said, Phil, have not saved much for their retirement nope. with their current salary. You know, so a spouse's income, of course, would help. And even if they did contribute to their own retirement, likely it may not be enough to supply a retirement income without working. 
I would say to start with, uh, print a social security statement if I were this pastor, and which you can access online at ssa.gov slash my account. That's ssa.gov slash my account. You know, see what you have available, if anything, during your working years, say before you became a pastor, if there was uh, any length of time. Now, this is very important. If you only receive a social security, you only receive a social security benefit, I should say, if you have 40 qualifying quarters. So now they, the way they define qualifying quarters uh, anymore is, is, uh, has changed, but basically 10 years of employment. And they take the average of your highest 35 years with years that you didn't work uh, to be included as zero years. So for example, if you worked 30 years and you didn't work for five years, those five years that you didn't work would be counted as zero years for your average. But lastly, if your spouse didn't work, they can collect a benefit from the worker, provided the worker has a benefit coming to them. So let's say maybe if worst case scenario, a pastor has nothing coming to him uh, or her, they can collect from a spouse that's working mm-hmm. if uh, that spouse has a benefit. All right. lots to consider there, Gideon, uh, but uh, definitely opened up some interesting conversations. So thanks for that question. All right. We have one more on the podcast today before we close it out. It came in from our friend Deborah, who asks, I want to have a lot of fun and do a lot of traveling when I retire, <laughs> but <laughs> to do what I want to do. I'll need to have an income in retirement that's higher than my income while I'm working. Would that be irresponsible? I love that, Deborah. That is awesome. It sounds like you've done some planning or, you know, that you certainly know what you want to do in retirement. It sounds like at any rate, you're going to have fun. So that part of it, I love it. It's a great goal. And by asking this question, it's not irresponsible. Again, the unknown. So, you know, the questions are your age. If you're close to retirement, depending on what you have saved and other sources of income in retirement, like social security, a pension, is it possible to do what you want to do? If you're young, well, you can have plenty of time to save for what you'd like your lifestyle to be. Let's say if you're 30s, 40s, you know, in other words, what do you want to do when you retire and how much have you currently saved? Then it requires some back engineering to determine what you need to save between now and retirement, considering things like taxes, growth, inflation. Now, when I say it isn't irresponsible to ask that question, that means do the math. See a qualified retirement specialist, but you want to make sure you're on track. That would be with an income plan. No matter how far out that is, it's an actual plan that's going to show you if you can spend what you want to spend or if there is, in fact, a shortfall. If you're doing this planning early enough, Deborah, it is every bit possible to have a higher income in retirement than during your working years, but you have to have a solid plan on how to get there, and you have to be diligent about what to put away. It's a good question. We'd be happy to talk to you for 15 minutes. Reach out to us at, us at pathfinderchat.com. You know, Bob, everybody would be a, a millionaire if they just lived long enough, right? Yeah. And so, if you, uh, you, you true, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because really time is on your side. If you live to 125 or 140 years of age, of course, you could put, you could be a millionaire by that time. But it's interesting to know that uh, today people are retiring with more income in retirement in the retirement years than they were making while they were working. And uh, for a lot of different reasons, pensions and uh, putting money away in 401ks and so forth. So Required it's distribution, sure. Absolutely, it is. All right. Great question, Deborah. Good luck to you. I hope you do have a lot of fun in retirement. That's the whole reason why you do all this planning so that you can enjoy your money that you've worked so hard for. So we thank you all for the questions today. And thanks for all the feedback that you do provide us here on the podcast. 
If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so. We would appreciate that. It helps us continue to grow. And if you have questions, the best place to start again is pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a 15-minute meeting with Barbara and Phil and get that ball rolling. But if you want to call them directly, you can do that as well. It's 815-399-9806. So looking forward to spring, looking forward to our next conversation, Barbara and Phil. So we do appreciate the time as always. Yep. Thanks for joining us. For Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, I am Ben George. This is the Retirement Pathfinder. We'll talk to you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.